Hello, welcome to Physician Spotlight. I am your host, Dr. Jay Patel. Physician Spotlights is a forum to learn more about our outstanding physicians in the field of nutrition and discuss important topics and ideas. With the help of Aspen, we are bringing these videos to you. Our guest today is Dr. Manpreet Mundi. Dr. Mundi is an Associate Professor of Medicine in the Division of Endocrinology, Diabetes, Metabolism, and Nutrition at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. He is an expert in home PN and a rising star who has made significant contributions to the nutrition community. I'm proud to have him as a colleague and more importantly, a friend. Dr. Mundy, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Jay. It's an honor. Mundy, you know, let's start by just maybe talking a little bit about your journey. Can you share with us, um, you know, your journey to clinical nutrition? Uh, for sure. And my journey has never been straightforward. Um, you know, I grew up in Southern California. I went to uh, undergrad in UC San Diego and then uh, medical school at USC, followed by uh, internal medicine residency and endocrine fellowship there. So I really thought I was going to be a, a lifer uh, in terms of Southern California. I picked out my Laker tickets, you know, that, that whole thing. Um, but in endocrine fellowship, uh, I was managing this patient who was requiring hundreds of units of insulin to manage their diabetes, and then went through bariatric surgery. And immediately afterwards, the insulin requirement decreased dramatically. Now, at that point, she hadn't lost weight, but you know, because of the decrease in her nutritional intake, you saw this tremendous impact in terms of her metabolic complications. So this, this stuck a spark uh, in me, and I, I talked to some of my mentors at USC and really decided to pursue a few years of research in this uh, field. I looked around, and uh, fortunately, Mayo Clinic has always had uh, experts in nutrition. And so I applied and was accepted, and I did uh, two years of research in uh, fatty acid metabolism, uh, as well as uh, adipocyte physiology. Um, soon afterwards, uh, you know, I, I joined the staff uh, as faculty, and I think within the first few months, I met uh, Molly McMahon, who's our past uh, Aspen president uh, and, and very engaged in nutrition. Uh, she introduced me to nutrition support in the inpatient setting, uh, really taught me pretty much everything I know about that topic, uh, and, and, you know, I started to do more of a combination of outpatient obesity practice and inpatient nutrition. Um, soon after, I had a patient that uh, had neurofibromatosis, and it was involving the GI tract quite heavily. Um, and, you know, I tried oral intake, I tried enteral nutrition, uh, nothing was working. So I put in a home parental nutrition consult, and Ryan Hurt was on the other line. Um, we, we probably chatted for two to three hours, uh, and then he introduced me to home nutrition. And the more I started to see, you know, home nutrition patients, inpatient nutrition patients, I started to see that I was really making a difference. You know, we all kind of strive for that feeling, uh, but I was able to, through nutrition support, improve quality of life, uh, you know, in many cases, extend life. Uh, and so that feeling just kept me going and the rest is history. Wow, that's, that's really fascinating. And 
what I really sort of admire about your story is, you know, how you identified an immediate impact at the bedside and then try to translate some of that um, back to the bench. And then from there, you came right back to the bedside. One thing that you said that really kind of stuck is sort of how you interface with individuals, you know, along the way. So along those lines, what is, what's been the impact of mentorship on both your professional as well as your personal you know, development up to this point? Yeah, I think I've been very fortunate to, to you know, get to where I am with the help of great mentors. Um, you know, it started with great mentors at USC who were able to provide guidance, especially uh, like uh, leaving and going to the frozen tundra of the Midwest, you know, to spend some time learning about nutrition. Um, you know, here at Mayo, I, I've just been so lucky. Uh, nutrition has always been a core component of the division of endocrine. So I have a number of colleagues. Uh, Dr. McMahon has just been a tremendous mentor and guided me all along the way. Uh, and then, uh, you know, she also uh, had helped me to get engaged with Aspen as well, uh, where I was able to meet e even more mentors who you know, provided guidance again uh, with different aspects of my career, such as presentations or research. Uh, so uh, there I was able to meet mentors like uh, Dr. Martindale, uh, Dr. McClave. Uh, I would consider you uh, a mentor as well. I think I've texted you many a time in the middle of the night seeking guidance on a paper that isn't going right or some research uh, idea. So I really think, you know, without all of this community's help, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. And, you know, we hear that time and again with a lot of our, you know, junior faculty, but also even our more seasoned faculty about the impact that just other individuals have had at various points, you know, in their career as well. Let's shift gears for just a moment. And let me ask you, what sort of questions are you asking right now um, in, re in relation to some of the work that you're doing with the home PM population? And as a secondary question, what sort of challenges have you faced in trying to answer these, these questions? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, as I saw and kind of reviewed the literature, as you know, uh, with all of your work in the critical care field, uh, there is a great deal of nutrition data in critically ill patients. But when you look at the home and whether it's parenteral or enteral nutrition patients, there is not a lot of data. And I think one of the challenges is really the follow-up. Uh, you know, many centers have expertise in placement of enteral tubes or starting parental nutrition, but really the data and how uh, we change clinical practice occurs with tighter follow-up. So I think Ryan and I uh, worked very hard from the beginning to build a sort of a, a research platform that was embedded within the clinical practice. And we could not have done this without the entire team, you know, a team of pharmacists, uh, dietitians, uh, nurses, uh, and nurse practitioners uh, that help care for these patients, but then also uh, have, uh, you know, this, this spark to keep tight follow-up on patients and make changes. So with that, uh, just recent examples, we've been able to work in the realm of lipid emulsions. Uh, as you know, uh, the newer generation lipid emulsions have fish oil in them, uh, but long-term data was lacking. 
so we were able to work in that realm and show benefit, especially in terms of uh, liver disease for many patients if we use fish oil. Uh, now we're, we're investigating using 100% fish oil, Megavin, uh, even though it's approved just for pediatric use, sometimes we use it in an off-label manner, and that has helped many of our patients. Uh, the same thing on the enteral side. You know, there's so much that's left unexplored, um, and we desperately need it, uh, need the research. And so we've been able to do a lot of work in the realm of what happens if patients are intolerant to enteral feed. You know, what's the next step? Is it blenderized tube feeding? Is it peptide-based diet? Uh, you know, or, or is it uh, a plant-based diet? So I think we're exploring a lot of these uh, avenues. Uh, and in the end, it's helping patients. Uh, you know, we recently had our uh, data published about peptide-based diet and show dramatic reduction in healthcare utilization. So I think for me, uh, the bench research also confirmed that passion for caring for patients. And I, the longer I stayed away from that, I missed it more. And so that keeps me drawing back to this translational clinical research realm. Yeah, no, kudos to you and your multidisciplinary team for doing the work that you do. You know your patients in general, you know, have almost like a lifelong type of problem, you know, in the critical care arena, for example, in general, critical care is fairly, you know, temporary. And so the work that you do, I imagine just, you know, um, it must be quite re rewarding. Um, along those lines, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges as you move forward in trying to answer some of the key questions and what do you, what questions should we be asking um, in home PN and home EN for that matter? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge for us is, is keeping our community engaged. Um, you know, Aspen is really leading this effort and especially realizing that uh, we also need to keep all the disciplines engaged, including physicians. At many institutions, uh, because of reimbursement and, and things like that, uh, you started to see decrease in number of individuals that can have the practice I have or, or that we have here at Mayo. Uh, we're very lucky that our institution's committed to this and sees the benefit of having such a multidisciplinary nutrition team uh, in terms of surgery outcomes, in terms of caring for patients. Uh, but that's not the case at many institutions. So I think that is going to be our biggest challenge as a community. Uh, the second challenge is going to be just along those same lines of doing research. You know, research requires time, effort, and funding. Um, and, you know, when you're comparing uh, nutrition to drug development, you can see that there is an exponentially different, uh, you know, funding avenue that's available. So I think that'll be our, our second challenge. Um, and, and, and the biggest challenge to me is, again, that follow-up long-term follow-up, long-term data uh, is really what's going to change uh, how we manage these patients. Uh, and so I think together as a community, a nutrition community, uh, we can all get behind these and, and try to do uh, research, you know, in a cost-effective manner. Uh, I think Darren Highland uh, is, is a perfect example, leading uh, with the effort trial, uh, having the local sites uh, kind of, you know, 
fund and carry out the research and then combine the data to, to get the results that we're looking for. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. You know, let me circle back to mentorship for just a second and try and tie it into kind of what you said about some of these key challenges. I imagine that there's junior faculty who are looking at your career trajectory and saying, boy, how did he do that? Because you've accomplished quite a bit in your short career so far. And so what do you say to some of those junior faculty who are looking to do some of the same things that, that you're doing right now? And what advice would you have for them? No, I appreciate you saying that. And uh, the check is definitely in the mail, <laughs> you know. Um, I think to me, again, I've been very fortunate to have the mentors I've had, uh, especially locally. But I think that's the first thing the, uh, the junior faculty should look at. You know, what sort of mentorship do I have available here uh, at my institution? Uh, and then uh, start to get engaged with national societies, even the local chapters, but Aspen is just a great resource. Uh, and start to become engaged there, uh, meet mentors. There's so many committees, you know, uh, that we have at Aspen. Those are opportunities for you to work more closely with, I think, experts in nutrition uh, who then, you know, almost become your friends. Uh, you, can, you can have a candid discussion with them about a thought you may have, a patient you may have, uh, or a research idea. And every time you have that interaction, to me, it's just made the, the paper, the, the way I'm taking care of patients or that research study uh, even stronger. Uh, and I love that criticism that I get because it, it makes you go back, look at more literature, and then come back with a, a new approach, you know? Uh, so, so that to me would be the biggest advice. I think the second biggest, uh, and, and I mention this to you all the time, is that we both struggle with saying no. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times that can be quite beneficial. Uh, you just don't know which path you, your life is going to take. And so a lot of times when, you know, even though I'm overcommitted and I've said yes to something like a, a presentation, um, I've gone there and just met someone who then becomes a colleague or a friend or a mentor, and they give you some new ideas or uh, someone to bounce ideas off of, and you just don't know where that leads. So uh, those would be my two, you know, biggest advice uh, I could give. Yeah, you are wise beyond your ears, my friend. And, you know, I will say and agree that, you know, I think Aspen and all these opportunities that come up um, when you're a member of Aspen certainly is the glue that kind of keeps all of this together. Um, and one final question for you here. Um, I know you've achieved quite a bit in your short career. What's your proudest achievement so far? I think for me, I'm so grounded in my family that that's, you know, um, that's my proudest achievement, even though right now under shelter in place, uh, we're doing a lot of homeschooling of my children. Uh, so I have, I have three boys and uh, the, the oldest, you know, I'm learning how to do geometry again and do math. And so at the end of the day, I, I, I sit there and do a lot of that, but uh, I, I think you know, being able to have a career and a family is probably my proudest achievement. Uh, it's what really grounds me and gives me the most satisfaction. Yeah, very well said, very well said. And with that, I would like to thank Dr. Mundy for joining us today. 
I would also like to thank Aspen for their partnership for this forum. Thank you for joining us. And depending on where you are, have a wonderful day or night. Thank you very much, Dr. Mundy.